Welcome back to Jessica and Carla's High School Reunion. This week, we spoke to Alex Ritchie. Alex joined the class of 89 in eighth grade, having moved to Albuquerque from Southern Illinois. It was not an easy transition, but he found his way at the academy through football, academics, and music as a singer. After the academy, Alex went to Georgetown University where he was an a cappella pioneer long before Anna Kendrick made it popular in Pitch Perfect or Glee existed. Alex tells of his journey from his high-paced corporate law career to his work as a nonprofit executive director focusing on environmental law. You will love his story of how he serendipitously met his wife on an airplane which seems to serve as a pattern for most of his life, letting the best things come to him. Alex also shares how he has reconnected with health and fitness, returning to his gym rat roots. We were inspired throughout this conversation with Alex, and we hope you will enjoy listening as much as we did. I did my hot Pilates class today. It was one of the best classes I've done in a long time. Oh, that's awesome. Super fun. She mixed it up a little bit. And then I've spent the morning wrapping holiday gifts for my team. Mm. And this year, I did some fun things I'll share with you. Okay. I got everyone a scratcher because, you know, you got to, may the odds be ever in your favor, no, a little lottery, lottery right? Ticket. Yep. Yep. And then, this is kind of fun. I got everyone one of these little instant print cameras which is a little bit like a polaroid but a little higher tech a little higher tech okay. and um i've gotten them enough film to last for this and we're going to do a collaborative project for the year and so i gave everyone a little journal and so once a week people have to take a photograph of their learning it can be a learning about themselves it can be a learning about mm. um the uh the team it can be a learning about work, the world, whatever. And they have to paste it in their journal and just write a couple sentences. And then I thought, you know, over the course of the year, we could do some fun team reflections using it. Of course, they can use the camera for whatever the heck they want. But I kind of thought, yeah, it'd be kind of fun to do something creative together as a team this year. I love that idea. Is the journal just a kind of standard journal? Or are there any kind of prompts or no, not, there aren't any prompts in the journal. I literally just gave people like a blank, you know, like little moleskin mm -hmm, mm -hmm. paperback thing with enough pages that would last them 52 <laughs> weeks. I mean, it's like 80 pages or right. whatever. And so uh, we'll just see where it goes. It's a little bit like be real, but it's like right. be real with the people that you work with and a little more analog. <laughs> it's be real and be smart and insightful also. Right. <laughs> Not that I don't love B-Real, <laughs> Hey, another thing, really fun, really fast. Did you listen to The Daily today? No. What is it? Well, you've got to listen to it okay. because it's the year of Taylor Swift. Oh, yes. And it made me think of you, made me think of our amazing time. And it's such a moving, I like, I felt all the feels for oh, sure. Oh, okay. I, I will definitely teary. 
And it just made me appreciate her even more. It made me feel so good that we had spent the money and done it together and um, with our kids. And it was such a great bonding moment for all of us. And it will always be a memory for me. So if there's anything I want to spend money on this year, it's making great memories. So I'm looking forward to our next adventure and let it be another Taylor Swift concert if it, if it needs to be. <laughs> That is, that's really cool. Yeah, I was thinking about, yeah, I was thinking about yesterday, I was talking actually to the woman who was cutting my hair about um, how I think partly due to artists like Taylor Swift, I really hope and believe that our girls are going to not put up with a lot of patriarchal bullshit that we did. <laughs> Fuck the patriarchy. Fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> Um, really though, I really do. It's, it's, yeah. you know, anyway, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, you've made me into a Swifty this year and I'm grateful for it. What are you up to as we kind of march towards the holidays? What's been on your holiday to-do list? Well, yesterday I went to the team holiday lunch at Breakthrough Central Texas. Fun. And, um, when, because I'm on the board now and part of what they do at this holiday team meeting is they invite the board members to come and it's a chance for the staff to meet the board members and understand what the board does and what the board's role is. And um, there are 96 full-time staff people now. That is amazing. Yeah. Like they can't even meet in their office. They rented out like this big space at the library. And um it was so cool to be there and to hear the why of the other board members. And when it was my turn to say my why, I was <laughs> struck by how um, one of our alums, who's now on the communication staff at Breakthrough, said a couple of years ago when we were doing a similar thing at the board meeting and she was presenting, she said, it's just good people doing good work. And that's what popped into my mind when I was asked mm -hmm. yesterday. And it's true that every time I go, I feel like maybe humanity is not doomed. Like mm -hmm. it gives me hope. They really, there are good people doing good work and doing it well, like the important work and doing mm -hmm. it well. And um, so that was really a highlight of my week, getting to see all those things and um, a lot of joy, a lot of fatigue. They're ready for a break. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, um, yeah. but that was really nice. And, and my work is really wrapping up. I've got um, only one meeting next week, and it's a, it's a fun meeting. It's a catch-up thing. And, and then I'm going to be looking for which books I'm going to read on the couch in Clovis. Super excited. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I'm so glad. Happy. That's just such a nice story. And you should feel so proud of the legacy that you left there too. I mean, I know it's grown tremendously since you left, but you Dude. started it and you, you build that kind of capacity to grow something if you do it right. So well, I'm so proud of what's you. Also, well, thank you. What was also kind of ser serendipitous is that this morning I went on a walk around Town Lake with the executive director who came in after me and before the current one. So I was there for seven mm -hmm. years. This this guy I walked with this morning was there for seven or eight years. And then the current ED has been there almost 10 years. And so I've had a very breakthrough week and it's been awesome. And and the team is just so good. 
then they really manage to keep the culture while being bigger, um, which is hard to do sometimes. So all good. Yeah. All the good feels. Yay. And today, and today we have such a fun guest. Um, another person who I'm sorry to say was in AF. I'm so sorry. We were just a great section. <laughs> that's, that's okay. <laughs> I know. Today we're going to talk with Alex Ritchie. So what do you remember? Do you have any memories from eighth grade of Alex? I mean, I, once again, I think I may have mentioned this at another, in another podcast, but I also shared like the next locker with Alex, oh, yeah, of course. like I think pretty much through high school. So we were always next to each other. He would, I was, you know, he was on one side of me. Um, and, uh, I think he was in between me and Tim Reedy or something like that. Or I, yeah, something like that. He was Reedy, Richie Robbins. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I actually saw a lot of him, even when I had, whether I had classes with him or not. Um, I remember him being, you know, kind of this fun, um, balance of, athletic I think he played football mm -hmm. but also musical I think he was a singer and it's been great I listened to some of the songs he sent us and that was kind of fun I'm gonna ask, we have to ask him all about that so another musician um, mostly a vocalist I think um, in our class mm -hmm. and um, I remember he was also interestingly enough I think this is true we'll have to ask him and confirm but I don't think he was a lifer I think he came in eighth grade oh with weird. us so um, I don't think he had the all boy middle school experience and came in eighth grade uh, with the gals. Wow. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, that could very well be. We'll have to ask. Um, what about you? Alice was not someone I knew well. I remember him being a singer and I, and I'm, you're correct that he was on the football team. Um, he's not someone I really spent a ton of time with. I always had a, you know, positive impression of him, but um, I'm going to get to learn a lot about him past and present today. Oh, wait, here he comes. Ah, ha, ha. Hi, Alex. Oh, hi. Hi, Alex. <laughs> hi. How are you? So much. Good to see you too, my uh, locker room buddy. You reminded me during Hank's, uh, Hank's interview that we were a locker room buddy, and I guess we went on a spelunking trip together, and we were in 8F together. That's right. That's right. Carla had a lot more opportunity to spend time with you, I feel like, than I did. So we have a lot to catch up on. <laughs> no, I think I spend more time with your dad, actually, Jessica, since we uh, travel around in similar legal circles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you probably know that we start all of these uh, these sessions these episodes whatever you want to call them conversations with the same question and then we just really let you take the lead and and tell us your big inflection points but alex Ritchie, what have you been doing for the last 35 years all right well i've been doing a lot and some people think that i can't decide what i want to do <laughs> uh so when I left uh, the academy and graduated, I went to Georgetown in Washington, D.C. for college. Um, I had never seen it. Uh, my parents didn't have enough money for me to go on any college trips. Um, in fact, they didn't come out with me. They put me on an airplane. I had a huge green duffel bag. I had no idea that uh, you actually couldn't get from the metro to Georgetown. So I, I took my big green duffel bag. Um, 
and uh, walked across the key bridge and walked up the stairs with my duffel bag. And um, that, that was it. I was in college. Um, I got it. I what mean, a, I hate what it. an arrival because that has got to be one of the most beautiful campuses. I toured it with my son last year and yeah. wow. I mean, I just can't imagine what that was like. <laughs> well, it's good. Yeah. And actually I've been back several times and my girls have seen it and it's a little intimidating, right. For somebody from New Mexico. In fact, <laughs> yes. you, you know, we're, we're really from Southern, a little town in Southern Illinois. And, um, you know, we had moved to New Mexico when I was like in the sixth grade, but, but yeah, I mean, New Mexico, Albuquerque was intimidating at first because it was just a huge place. And then once I got to DC and at Georgetown, it was a whole different culture. Um, there was so much money there. There was, you know, so many of the kids were prep school kids that's, you know, in overnight schools, politicians, kids, celebrities, kids, um, and it was a major culture shock for me. And I have to admit, I pretty much hated it. Um, I remember, you know, I remember having conversations with Chris Cushman, who is at Howard, and we were both, <laughs> we were both so out of our element when we first got there. Mm -hmm. um, but I, you know, I stuck it out. Um, and in my sophomore year, I kind of found my place. Um, I, it was Aka Awesome. I started singing with a co-ed <laughs> acapella group. Pitch perfect, pitch perfect reference. I got it right away. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so there was, it was a brand new, it was a pretty new group on campus. There, there had been a, there'd been a men's acapella group on campus for, you know, probably 80 years um, at that point. Um, dating back to the turn of the century. And, and there was a new co-ed acapella group. And um, I was the, one of the first, I was the first class to try out. So it was in their second year of existence. Um, I mean, pretty much that's who my best friends are from college still. Um, what was the name of it? What was the name of the group? I'm dying to know. Well, it's called the Phantoms. And we, we I mean, we were brand new and um, you know, we weren't respected at all. We were laughed at. Um, and I have to say, you know, we, uh, we went back, um, to see the 30th anniversary of the DC acapella festival a year ago. And my buddy, John and I started that festival. Um, I was the director of the group, my junior, they made me the music director. And not only is it still going strong, I mean, the group has now recorded eight albums. They've traveled all around the world. They've oh sung gosh. for presidents from, you know, various countries. And, you know, acapella is a thing now. <laughs> and uh, I had kids come up to me and say, oh, I'm so grateful for you. If it wasn't for you, you know, I probably wouldn't go to Georgetown. And they had pictures of us on the wall like like we meant. Oh, my God. Um, it was so cool because, you know, back then we were we were – everything we were doing was new because um, uh, new concert, new group. Um, we recorded, you know, their first album. We, we got the money to do that. And so anyway, it was, it was a lot of fun. I, I sang with a band um, when I was there and I, I guess I spent some time studying. I majored in accounting. I minored in theology. Um, one, because I wanted to have a career where it was safe. Um, my parents, you know, like I said, we, we didn't have 
much money. I, I remember Mark Tafoya and I felt he, you know, he said he was the work study kid. And I was like, well, I was a work study kid too. I, I don't even remember, but I was like the head waiter, uh, for a couple of years in the kitchen. So, you know, everybody had to be a waiter, but I was the person in charge of the waiters. Um, wow. You so, had some authority. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I guess it was kind of weird. Um, but, um, you know, I have to say, though, I, I never felt, well, yeah, there were times where I felt like there were things I couldn't do. Like, so people would want to go skiing or, and my, I, we just couldn't do it. And, and, um, you know, there were, there were trips and various things that I always felt. And I always felt like my clothes, you know, didn't measure up and, and all those things. Now I realize it doesn't really matter. I mean, the education that we got was so privileged and I don't, I don't really think at the time it mattered to me, but I think looking back, I don't think anybody was, I don't think anybody cared um, at all or even knew or noticed. I mean, I mean, we all drove crappy cars. Um, Apparently we all did sort of citations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's a big group of citations there, yeah. I never even um, heard of that car until all of a sudden half of our class either drove a Volvo or something. What, what brought your family from Indiana to Albuquerque? Illinois. Oh, Illinois. Illinois, yeah. Yeah, and Southern Illinois is like the deep south, just so you know. Um, it really is. It's so funny. Um, they, they um, so we lived in this little town. It was kind of a little farm town, and my parents owned a gift store in the town, and we watched as the factory burned down. The big factory in town was a payday uh, candy factory, and we watched it burn down, and my dad said, this town is done. And so he had a friend who had moved to Albuquerque and he thought, well, we're going to open a business there. And so he sold his store to his brother and we moved, we drove across, you know, uh, New Mexico. I'll, I'll never forget my, my dad decided to teach me about sex on that drive. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and, and he did it by making me listen to 12 hours of tapes of Dr. James Dobson of Focus on the Family. Oh my God! About about sex. Was it like and eleven it was, hours yeah. and fifty minutes of abstinence? Uh, <laughs> um, no, but um, yeah, there was some there was some pretty interesting conversations about that. Um, so anyway, so so that's how we ended up there. But the store, I mean, it just the store didn't do well. So um, my parents lost it when I was a freshman um, and they really struggled. They never, we never owned a house in New Mexico and, um, but they found a way to get me to the Academy. So that was good. Um, and I don't know if you remember, but I, I came in with you guys. I came in with the, with the girls. Carla remembered that. I don't yeah, know why I remembered that. I don't remember that. I don't know why, but I think it was because we were in the same section. So like there was that, established group and then there were all the new kids it was a good year to come in new for you because there were so many new people but probably most of them were were girls yeah and and i, I gotta tell that I, I gotta tell the story because i actually i messaged this to jenny Tom. my first year at the academy or at least the first kind of half year was really hard because all the boys knew each other and all the girls had each other because they all came in as new and i felt like the complete outsider and I was like the fat kid too. I don't know if you remember that, but I, I was, yeah, I was, I was, and 
and I actually was kind of, I was kind of made fun of and I was talked about, you know, behind my back sometimes and it, it was really hard. And I probably would have left if not for, um, there are some girls that just befriended me. Uh, and it was Christine Hahn and Jenny Tom. And, and there was a girl named, I, I think her name was Becky. She's only there like one year. Becky Burke. Becky Burke. Becky Burke. Becky yeah. Burke. All right, there you go. They were so nice to me. Um, and so, so nice to me. And then I eventually Aww. became, that year I became friends with David. And if it wasn't for them, I probably would have left the academy um, after that first year. Um, I mean, I did, I did like, I mean, I was, I did get into shape before my freshman year and, and then nobody, and then in high school, you know, nobody, and then I, yeah, nobody made fun of me anymore. But, but it was just that, it was just like that first, when I first got there. Um, so it makes, such a all right. So back to my 35, last year. It makes such a difference when even just a few people are kind and inclusive. You don't need yeah, to they were really, really nice. on your, you know, but that's really cool. I love hearing that. <laughs> yeah. They even have, they, they like to make up funny names, right? Like monster for Mike mm -hmm. and stuff. And it's so embarrassing now, but they used to call me bunny. I have no idea why, but it was really weird. Um, so but it was, endearing. it was endearing, you know, that was nice. Um, anyway, so. I graduated after graduation, I became an accountant, um, but I was also moonlighting in a band. We were a cover band, we played around DC. Um, I, I have my own quitting story. I remember going into the uh, managing partner's office for my annual review and he gave, me a, he gave me a really good annual review, but then he said, Alex, when are you gonna get serious about public accounting and cut your hair and stop playing in that band? And I said, Rich, I appreciate that. I quit. And he said, what? You quit? And I said, well, actually, I'm going to law school. Not quite catastrophic quitting, but enough, yeah. close enough to catastrophic quitting that we can. Well, he set it up so good that I just couldn't help myself but to take advantage of it. Um, um, yeah, I really hated accounting. It was really boring. Um, I, I picked this safe career, but it was not something I enjoyed. Um, I actually really wanted to go to law school. Um, I think the coolest part about it was one afternoon, our band was practicing and we were kind of like talking to each other. Hey, what are you guys going to do next year? Is the band going to stay together? Like, how's this going to go? And I was talking to the drummer and I said, well, what are you going to do? He goes, well, I'm going to go to law school at University of Virginia. And I said, hey, I'm going to law school at University of Virginia. So we were able to uh, kind of reconstitute the band in law school. So wow. I have to say law school was, I mean, I had so much fun in law school. Um, you know, we, oh. I mean, there was some studying, but we played basketball, we played softball all the time. There were parties all the time. Virginia is known for being very social at law school. And um, yeah. So anyway, we, we, that was my law school experience was a lot of fun. I, I you know, I went to law school to be a, a criminal lawyer, but then, I clerked one summer for a judge in Albuquerque who had a uh, jurisdiction only over criminal matters and specifically only o over things like murders and rapes. And, and it was eye-opening and horrible. And I, I just said, I, I don't think I can do this. And so um, everybody wanted to hire me for tax because I was a CPA. 
right? They're like, oh, you should be a tax lawyer. Um, and that sounded horrible to me, but I ended up getting a job. My uh, first job out of law school um, was in Dallas, Texas. Um, I worked for one partner and mainly for one client, which was Ross Perot Jr. Um, <laughs> and mostly on matters relating to the Dallas Mavericks basketball team. Um, and then we sold the team to their current owner, Mark Cuban. And then I was like, well, now I just live in Dallas, um, which I didn't like very much. Um, it, it, it wasn't that I didn't like the town. It's, it's just, um, yeah, I didn't like the culture that much in Dallas. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, and I thought, well, Colorado is a big city um, or Denver is a big city. And, um, and it's a lot like Albuquerque, um, just a lot bigger. And so that's why I made my way here. Um, on the, on the drive across the country, I went to Kyle Lee's wedding. So I know you're gonna have a Kyle Lee's story, but here's another Kyle Lee story. Um, went to Kyle's wedding. Um, as you probably know by now, Kyle is married to Kate. Um, and Kate is Jennifer's <laughs> sister and Eric is married to Jennifer, right? Yeah, just learned this one. <laughs> he mentioned that they have a, the, these two women have a third sister as well. So I met the third oh, wait, sister. No, no, I started dating the third sister. Her, her name is Di. Started dating the third sister. Um, that was that was interesting. But I, I, I was on a trip to Chicago. I was going to Chicago to see Di, where she lived, um, and also to visit with some of my buddies who were in that acapella group. Um, both of them. And I met this lovely lady on the airplane. Um, I sat, well, she, she says I set my McDonald's bag down in her seat and she sat down and there was this Russian composer between us. Um, and we were talking over the Russian composer. And when I mean a Russian composer, I mean, he composed, he was Russian. I mean, and he eventually, he said, well, you guys are talking so, so much. And so he moved and, and we switched seats. And so I said, I sat next to this woman that I met on the airplane and was talking to her. And um, we really hit it off so much so that um, I said, you know, I, I'd like to, I'd love to go out with you. I said, but I'm on a trip to visit my girlfriend. <laughs> and she said, well, I'm still married. Um, and, uh, uh, but so I went on the trip and, um, and then I, Di and I broke up on the trip on that, on that weekend trip. And then on the airplane, she was this, this lovely lady, Amy was on the same flight back. And so we actually switched our seats to sit together. And then I told her that, you know, that I had broken up with my girlfriend and she, she had told me that her marriage was actually uh, her divorce was going to be final in the next week, uh, just a week later. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, I, I started dating her and, um, we've been married 21 years. Oh my and, gosh. Um, oh, that and, is uh, such a wonderful story. I love that. I'm sure you get to tell that story every once in a while. And gosh, people must love that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's a cute story. I mean, we only dated, it's funny, because she had just gotten divorced, right? But we only dated for like 
eight months until we were engaged. And then nine months later we were married. And then weeks later she was pregnant. So, um, wow. we started a, uh, so she wasn't single for very long. Um, uh, but we, so we, we, we started a family really quickly, um, after that. Um, so what happened then? Um, so we're living in Denver. Um, we're both in Denver. Um, I'm living the law firm life. I'm do, I'm a mergers and acquisitions lawyer. I do project development. Um, I worked way too much as part of my personality. Um, I still probably work too much. Um, I did billions of dollars of deals. Um, a lot of sports deals. And, uh, I worked on and related sort of arenas, um, and, uh, telecom joint ventures. Um, and, um, and then I started working, I started working in the natural resources and energy area and environmental, um, and I, I, I worked on some oil and gas mining and, um, renewable energy deals. I, I loved it, but I worked way too much. There was one deal I went on where I told my wife I was going to be, it was in Dallas. Ironically. I told her, I said, I'm going to be gone for two days. And so I was, I had the suit I was wearing and I had one extra suit with me. Um, I didn't come back for three weeks. And at the time we had a, uh, nine month old and, uh, you know, a two and a half year old. And, um, so it was a, it was a real strain. Uh, and, uh, I remember calling her and saying, um, Hey, would you, would you send me some clothes? Like this, the, the guy I'm here with, you know, his wife sent him some clothes and, and, and she hung up on me. <laughs> Rightfully. Yeah. And she said, don't call me again until you're at the airport at home. I'm like, okay. Um, um, anyway, I, I eventually made partner at the big firm. Um, uh, it didn't take too long. Um, and it just meant more work. Um, it was, it was depressing. Um, I could say that I actually, uh, for a short period of time, I, I, I was suffering from depression um, because it was just, I never saw my family. It was just constant, yeah. constant work. And, um, and uh, anyway, so I left, I went to work for one of my oil and gas company clients um, in-house um, and I was put in charge of all environmental matters, um, which was completely new to me. So I had to learn environmental law. Um, uh, all this time I was, uh, spending a bunch of time doing a couple of other things, a couple of other things. I, I spent a lot of time working with, uh, a couple of organizations that served, uh, homeless youth. Um, I was their pro bono general counsel. I, uh, I served on their board of directors, their executive committees, um, help them restructure, get loans, do all those things. Um, that was one of the things. Um, and then I started writing papers and, and speaking a lot more on sort of natural resources and environmental matters. Um, and then through that, I found out about an opening at uh, UNM Law School. Um, when I was at a conference, there was a professor there that said that they were hiring and we talked about it. And I went and interviewed and I, I could not believe that they hired me as a law professor. So, um, you know, I, I remember Tommy had talked about UNM Law. I, 
I uh, have a lot of respect for that place. They're they're really devoted to teaching um, a lot more than other schools. They're devoted to their students. Um, I held a, a, a chair there in natural resources law. Um, I remember when I came home, when I got the, the initial offer and asking Amy, I said, what do you think? What should we do? It's, it was like a 70% pay cut at the time from being the mergers and acquisitions mm -hmm. there. And she said, well, you'll regret it for the rest of your life if you don't do it. And, um, and so we got to do it. And I, that was super supportive um, to uproot the family and take the kids and put them in new schools. And, um, but we did it and I love teaching. I felt like I made a big difference. Um, I've, I've, I won some teaching awards. I, one of my students became the first Hispanic woman, Congresswoman from the second district in Southern New Mexico. She's now the uh, Deputy Secretary of Agriculture. I had other students that have accomplished some, th some big things, um, wrote a big case book, uh, written some academic articles, uh, got to hang out with Eric Burton and his wife a lot, um, hang out with some of the other people in Albuquerque. Um, we, we became close again, um, helped Eric with a campaign, um, he ran for the New Mexico House. I mean, it was just it was it was great to see um, some old friends again. Um, and um, and anyways, but we ended up coming back to Colorado, and that was largely because Amy. Well, this job came about. This job that I have now came about. It's 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 very much related to you know. It, it sort of combined all of my skills, but it. More than that, I mean, Amy really wanted to come back to Colorado because all of her family is here. Mm -hmm. and she didn't want the kids. And, and I felt like it was her turn, right, to decide. I mean, she had sacrificed a lot for me to get to New Mexico. Mm -hmm. And um, and I, I felt like it was, it was time for me to say, yeah. And it wasn't really a sacrifice. It was just a different job. So, um, so we came back, and now I am the – executive director slash CEO of a nonprofit that does legal education in natural resources, energy, and environmental law. Um, and um, it's an interesting position. I report to 150 person trustee council. Oh <laughs> and my goodness. 12, yeah. And 12 board of directors. And I, uh, I get a new boss, a new volunteer president every single year with a new hmm. agenda. Um, and I get a new board almost every year. Um, we've had to pivot the organization three times. Um, the first, because we, uh, when I got there, they hadn't really, you know, modernized. They weren't doing that well. And we had to kind of turn it around and then the pandemic hit and, you know, we, we did in-person conferences and we could no longer do that. So then we had to turn it to an all online organization and we did that. Um, now we're back to doing in-person conferences, but people don't want to go to conferences as much, right? They, they, after the pandemic, they want to travel for personal reasons, and they're more than happy to do stuff like this where we're getting on, on Zoom. Um, I mean, they're starting to again, I mean, mm -hmm. um, and, and we're starting to be successful again, but we retooled uh, in a lot of ways, um, you know, changed our strategy, changed our name. <laughs> Uh, for the first time in 70 years, we changed our, our focus, expanding more environmental 
more uh, renewable climate change uh, kind of topics. Um, and I and I think the other thing is it, it it I mean as so many of us I also really kind of focused on my kids a lot more during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, my younger daughter in particular had a lot of struggles, um, and you know, um, you know, I <laughs> I don't think I'm a uh, a great parent by any means. I've I've been largely absent in parts of their lives, but but I wasn't absent. I mean, I was back. I mean, th this job has allowed me to spend more time with my kids, um, and, and actually teaching did too when I was when I was a lot closer. Um, and to see them grow and, and thrive, and, and they're really important. Um, and so I got to do that. I got to spend more time with them. Now they're gone, but <laughs> and uh, I still teach. I teach at CU Law. Um, but anyway, that's the last 35 years in a nutshell. I mean, it's a long, I guess it's a lot, but I don't know. Oh, but, such a great story. Much. I'm sorry. So you I, have, uh, tend to do that. you have two children? Yeah, two daughters. Two daughters, yeah. okay. One's, in, one's a, a junior and one's a freshman. So, in college. Yeah, and so we're empty nesters now. One's pre-med at uh, University of South Carolina, and the other one's here studying elementary education in Colorado. Wonderful. Nice. So, so if I maybe missed the connection, it's possible. How did you end up focusing on natural resource law? So, you know, it, like so many things in life, I, I think it was just the people who were involved. Like I was working at this big firm. I was doing a lot of sports mergers and acquisitions and a lot of telecom, some real estate and stuff. Um, it was just a matter of like, they had a really robust group at the law firm. I was doing well. And so, I don't know, I was getting asked to work on their deals. And what I found was that the people that that operate, like, like for example, the mining industry is a really small industry, kind of everybody knows each other. And, and like the tech deals, people were just so mean to each other. I mean, it was a really contentious, um, brutal negotiations. People were really aggressive. When I found out, like in the natural resources, because everybody knows each other, they travel in similar circles. Um, I don't know, people are just a lot nicer. I, I just enjoy working in that area. Mm -hmm. And and I, I also felt like a lot of the skills were transferable. I mean, I could work on a wind energy deal or an oil and gas deal. Mm -hmm. Just I just like the people, I, I, I don't know. So, um, and it's kind of still that way. So now that I run this organization and I'm like, I'm like the focal point for all the people that do this work. Mm -hmm. um, Cause we're like the largest organization that brings together all the lawyers that do this work, which is how I end up seeing your dad. Yeah. Um, Jessica. Um, well, he's still working. But, we keep trying to get him to retire, I, but it, it's, it's not sticking. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's a really great guy. I really, he is a great really guy. He wasn't very happy with me when I told him I was leaving New Mexico. Oh, well, yeah. he's a UNM law grad. My mom was a, a UNM law grad as well. So um, a lot of fondness for that institution. And I'm sure they were sorry to see you go. Um, it's funny. I My son is 
just started college this last year. He's a freshman and his major is history, culture, law, and um, he's at Northeastern University. And, you know, we've had a lot of conversations about being a lawyer and the kinds of law that there that exists, right? And it's just such a vast field, right? And of course, he gets all of his data from you know, TV shows like Suits, we all have been binging Suits and, you know, it's so ruthless and uh, so much uh, just hardball all the time, right? And I think that he has to remember there are lots of different kinds of law to practice and I'm going to pass on that concept that you got to like the people that you're in business with. Like, you don't have to not like them. You don't have to like the culture because if you find yourself not liking the culture, it might not be about the the industry, it might be the type of law or the kind of place you're in. So mm -hmm. that inspires me to tell him that. <laughs> well, you should also pass on my contact information. I'm more than happy to talk to you about, about all the different kinds of, uh, not only all the different kinds of law, but kind of how law is really practiced. Yeah. Um, it's, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I loved being a lawyer. It was just really bad for my health <laughs> yeah. and, and for my and for my family, right? Like, I mean, I loved it, but I, I just was in an in an environment where, I mean, if you're if you're working on like a, a five hundred million dollar transaction, right, which is a is a deal, people are losing their jobs, right? A lot of people right. people's jobs are at stake. Like, there's a lot of of kind of really important issues that you're dealing with, and it tends to take over your life. It tends to consume you. Um, because so much is at stake uh, for your client. And um, and I don't know, like some people can do that for 30 years, but it wasn't it wasn't something. And they don't they really don't have practice a practice like that in New Mexico is another thing that I, I learned. I mean, they have a lot of litigation and they have a lot of natural resources and environmental law issues, but most of like the big kind of there's well, first of all, there's not very many big deals in New Mexico, but most of them are are outsourced to other to Denver mm -hmm. or other cities. Right. So um, anyway, you've been on. You wrote about it on Facebook, and so I would love to ask you about it. But you've been on a bit of a health journey in the last year. Yeah. Well, it's more than more than a year. It's a couple of years. I, I'll say this. I'll say that. I feel like I just started it early because I feel like all of us are headed that way, right? <laughs> like, I mean, that's what happens when you get old, right? Stuff starts happening, right. but but you start to fall apart. Um, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I don't know. They say, I mean, I sort of feel like, you know, once a fat kid, always a fat kid. Like, you, it, it like not only is it's in your, it's not only in your your psyche. But it's also in your cells, right? Like you, you don't lose fat cells. It's really easy to gain weight. And um, you know, I, I didn't lead a very healthy lifestyle, so I I put on a lot of weight over time, just like really slowly, um, to the point where I was like over, you know, over two hundred and fifty pounds. And I and I and I um. So, I guess you read about it on Facebook. So in twenty twenty one, it was it was. The day after my 50th birthday, I went to take the dog for a walk. Um, we just had like one of the biggest snows in like the last 20 years uh, on my birthday. And I walked outside and uh, I, I got across the street, but I slipped on the ice and I landed, I, I fell backwards and landed on my, on my head. 
Um, and for a few minutes, I was paralyzed from the neck down. <laughs> and, um, and it turns out like my neck was just messed up. And, um, and, uh, so the fall had caused like a vertebrae to go into my spinal cord and, you know, and it, and after just a few minutes, it kind of worked itself out, but I had a, you know, severe concussion and, and, um, anyway, I crawled my, myself across the street and got to the hospital and, you know, the doctor said, you need spine surgery and, and which, and he said, I can get you in this afternoon. And my wife said, absolutely not. Um, and which was a good thing because this doctor's re reputation was not good. Um, but I did get a second. Opinion. <laughs> yeah. And I, I did get a second opinion. And a few months later, I did have that the same surgery he was saying I needed because I did need it. Um, and so they, you know, they fused C4, C5, C5, C6. So I, I have a multi-level fusion. Um, that happened. And then, you know, and then my doctor diagnosed me as, um, I was not just pre-diabetic, like I was right on the edge of like being a diabetic. Um, and, um, I don't know. So I, I just started a, a fitness and kind of weight loss routine and I took all the weight off. So my, my, my daughter, and, and it took a year. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like, a, you're making this sound very easy, like Alex. And I know that's not easy. I just, I just no, no, I, did it. Voila. Well, no, no, no. Uh, well, um, it, it definitely was not easy. It was, it was a long process. It's just, I, I went to the, you know, I still go to the gym three, four days a week and, um, and a couple of hours each time I'm kind of, I've turned into, and you know, I was a gym rat like before, um, mm -hmm. at one point in my life, it's just, I got back to it. Um, and, uh, that's been great. The other thing is, so both of my daughters have type one diabetes, um, which, you know, is totally different than type two. They were both born with it. It is a one in 10,000 chance that you'd have two children that have it, which means they've, they've kind of been, uh, what I'd call, um, well, they're kind of lab rats, right? Because the Barbara Davis center, there's a Barbara Davis center here in Colorado, which is another good reason, you know, reason that we came here. Um, it's for childhood diabetes and, and they, um, when you've got two uh, people with that close of DNA, you can use one of them as a control. <laughs> so so they, they like to, you know, get them involved in experiments and things. Um, but, but anyway, I see what they have had to go through and I, and I, I didn't want that for myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know, they, they've had all these challenges um, and they, you know, they've, they've gotten through it together um, in some respects, but, but yeah, anyway, so it was, it was just, it was time to, to do something. So I, I love seeing folks. I mean, the, you guys just look almost no different than you did. I mean, obviously you're older, but you know, just, but otherwise, right. But, but you see all of us guys, right. That we don't have hair anymore. <laughs> Most of it, a lot of us. Are it's like, it's like, we look a lot different. Um, but but yeah, I, I feel great. Um, I, I do have, I mean, I need shoulder surgery. I, I, I'm probably going to need hip surgery soon. I mean, all, these are all things from all the activities that you, we do and we continue to do, even though like we're too old to do them. And we, we and Carla, I've heard that you, you know, I know you run and I, and I still like Peter. I still 
you know, try to play basketball and I'm usually in pain afterwards. But, um, <laughs> if he's not, God bless him. Um, and, you know, I still, I still hike and, and I play terrible golf and, and try to do all those things and try to stay active. But, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think just as we get older, like stuff hurts. And, and I, whenever I go to the gym and lift, like I'm all, when I come back, I always hurt, like it always hurts. Yeah. And yet it never yeah. stops me from getting up and going again. Like it's just. Yeah. <laughs> Are you still doing music in any way now? Uh, no, not, not right this moment. Um, I, you know, I've done little things here and there. Like when I was in New Mexico, I sang with a little folk group. We used to sing at like hospitals and, and just little things here and there. I, um, you know, I still sing at weddings and funerals when people ask me to, um, usually just. How about reunions? Like, How about class reunions? <laughs> Will you sing sure. at class reunions? Okay. Yeah. I, I sang the national anthem at the football game at the 20th. Um, <laughs> Oh. But um, because they honored us since we were the only undefeated team in uh, in, academy Mexico, or in academy history. Uh, in fact, I think we might be one of the only winning teams in academy <laughs> history. But, um, oh. but when you got that's Mark so Thompson, funny. it's helpful. So yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, well, so what's what's come? What's next for you? What do you, when you think about the next five to 10 years, what are you most excited about? What is just on your mind for uh, your empty nesters? You know, what do you and what do you and Amy want to do? Uh, well, first of all, we're, we're still learning how to be empty nesters. I mean, this is mm -hmm. our first, this is our first year. In fact, it, you know, it just started in the fall. And I say this because we didn't have very long courtship, right? Like we didn't, so we're actually, in some respects, we're getting to know each other again. And, um, and it's great. Like, it's great that we get to spend more time with each other, but it's also like, you got to learn to like, now that there's not like the focus of our lives together is not children. Mm -hmm. you, you have to learn, I think a little bit better about, you know, how to just deal with each, deal with each other's, um, little things that annoy you. I, I mean, it, it's so funny. Um, um, you know, we actually went to counsel marriage. Well, we were going to family counseling at one point, um, but it kind of turned into marriage counseling when we became empty nesters just to talk. And it was more preemptive, right? Actually, we started before it even happened. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's a good thing that everybody should, should do because it's really helpful to talk through that stuff. So, um, so I envision for the future spending more time with her. Um, we are, we play cards now every night. I really love it. I, and I know this is like a really minor thing. I mean, it's, it's funny, like, I, you know, everybody has, has these big plans and it's like, I feel like I've accomplished enough, right? Like, really? <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I've always thought I'm, I'm not going to be at the same nonprofit forever. Mm -hmm. Um, because nonprofits need new leaders, right? You don't want to have the same, and that's not, it's just any company needs, I mean, the, yeah. it needs to turn over. You need new energy. You need new, and I've been there seven years. I mean, and I, I told the board, you know, somewhere between seven and 10 when I was hired. So I'm not exactly sure what the next step is. I thought and looked a little bit about returning to teaching. Um, I really, really enjoyed teaching. Um, I'd like to spend more time with my mother and my sister and my brother-in-law and they're all in Indiana now. They moved out of New Mexico. 
Um, and to be candid, I'd like to spend more time on, on hobbies again. I, I, I have a lot of hobbies, but I don't get to spend as much time on them as I, as I used to. Um, I'd love to sing more. I used to draw and paint. I don't do that anymore. Um, and, um, yeah, even if I don't retire, um, I mean, I don't know there, I'm not really worried. It's funny. Like, I, I feel like every job I've had has come to me. Like I haven't looked for it. It's come to me. Mm -hmm. And so I just, when you say what's the plan for the future, I'm like, well, just keep your eyes open and see what comes, right. See what comes to me next. Like, the, the teaching thing kind of landed in my lap, the in-house job landed in my lap. When I moved to Denver, I got called by a recruiter and said, hey, would you like to come interview? Um, so I've never looked for a job. Um, I, yeah, um, not since I left high school. I, I haven't looked for a job. They've, they've come to me. So I'm hoping that happens again. Anything else you want to share about your life now or um, what you're, what's on your mind? We're happy to to hear about that before we go back to high school if, if there's anything that you're thinking about well you know i listen to some of these others I, i'd have to say like hank and mark i spend a lot of time cooking um cool uh, i like to cook i like to entertain um i in fact um my big plan for the afternoon is to work out some menus from all the all the dinners we're hosting over the holidays so i need mm. to work on that awesome. Um, Who are you hosting? Are you hosting family or friends or both? It's all family, but we're having my younger daughter. We're having her boyfriend's family over for the first time. Um, they're her parent. They're his parents are divorced, um, and you know we've hung out with his mother quite a bit, but not his father and and, and her family. So we're gonna have them. Uh, we're having kind of a mixed group for Christmas Day, and then we're hosting uh, my wife's family. So got lots of them coming up. My mom's coming into town, so excited about that. My dad, my dad is 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 deceased, but um, my mom's coming in, so that'll be nice. Um, Are there family traditions yeah. from when you were young that you're bringing into this year's celebrations? Sure. Yeah, we have family traditions. Like, um, I mean, well, one of the things that we do that I really like is I don't know if you've heard of Elfster, but we're doing. Uh, we do this stocking gift exchange now. And so instead of buying, you know, presents for the kids and, and I mean, now they're in college, right? So they have to, you, you get a secret Santa and Elfster actually generates who you got and sends it to you. Oh, and wow. you can put all your Christmas list and you can put exactly what's on it. So we're doing, we do this stocking secret Santa. Um, we always have this dish called creamed eggs on Christmas morning, which is basically like, sausage gravy over biscuits but it's with bacon instead and it's got eggs in it so it's really really that sounds <laughs> dense um, that's a family tradition um nice i mean we're going to see lights uh i mean i don't know yes oh and my parents the story they had was a hallmark store so we have you can imagine the decorations we got in oh wow um oh my gosh yeah they collected a lot and so and Amy's always been collecting a lot too. So when it's time to set up the house, it seems like it takes forever with all the decorations. But um, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Sorry, I interrupted your lightning. Your lightning. Line. No. Ah. Oh, well, it sounds so great. Um, it sounds like you're gonna have a wonderful holiday and family weeks, couple weeks ahead of you. It sounds terrific. 
think we talk about the future, but sometimes we're like, it doesn't have to be five years in the future. Maybe it's just a couple <laughs> of weeks into the future. <laughs> I love it. All right. Okay. So I'm already thinking about all sorts of things for the reunion. Okay. Because I'm thinking that, you know, besides the talent show of like all the great acts that I envision, I'm thinking scavenger hunt redo. And I'm also thinking about some kind of cook off. <laughs> it's going to be like the, we should have like a, like a, an opportunity to work in teams and we will bring some ingredients together and we're going to disperse all of you great cooks. And then the rest of us hacks are going to come in and be on your teams. And then we're going to cook really fun things. <laughs> I'm sure Mark's a player to crush all of us, but otherwise I'm, I'm, I'm happy to participate. And, uh, I'm happy to eat. I think you would be. I'm great at wiping down <laughs> counters. <laughs> I mean, I do cook at home yeah. because our reunion's going to have to be like a full week for it sure. It definitely is. <laughs> they better give us a seat. Yeah, you guys, you talked a lot about, you talked about a, a lot about the the little musicals that were put on. And um, yeah, I remember this playing the Cheshire Cat. That's right. Um, I remember you being in the Cheshire Cat also. <laughs> yeah. So much fun. That was fun. <laughs> Those were fun. Well, speaking of high school, what do you remember okay. about yourself from high school? How would you describe yourself back then? Oh, how would I describe myself? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously you describe yourself a little different than other people would describe you. Um, I was definitely insecure. Um, I can say that. Um, looking back, um, I think, you know, I think my, my younger daughter got that from me because um, she also has that issue. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, and it's it's too bad. I, but I, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't have like, I mean, I had two really good friends. Like my best friend, uh, I don't know if you remember who that was, but that was David Eagleman. Um, he was the best man at my wedding. Um, mm. So, um, God, that's a he's a hard hard person to keep up with. Yeah. <laughs> So there was David and then, um, and then Mark Bainiars was a good friend. And then, um, yeah. and, uh, and then, but I had, I had all these different friend groups. Um, Cause like I had the football guys, you know, like Mark Thompson and Mike Feeds and Dave Dalton were all good friends. But then, and then, you know, I did, I did some musicals and was in the choir mm -hmm. and which is kind of weird, right? Like the, to have the football players and I remember I remember our senior year on the musical um we had the whole I mean basically the whole offensive line was in the musical so Mickey thought it'd be really funny to put together a dance routine with the offensive line on the, on the end of the football team. <laughs> it was like um and so that was like Greg Jones and uh Mark Bionaris and me and I, there was one more I, I forgot what it was um and uh so I don't know. I had a bunch of different friend groups. Um, you know, I just I I just tried to fit in wherever I could. Sometimes I felt like I did. Sometimes I felt like I didn't. I mm -hmm. I was um, I didn't feel like I, I didn't feel. I heard somebody else say that you know I felt clueless. I I didn't really feel clueless. Um, but but and I and, and I also didn't. I, I felt like I was doing my best all the time. Um, 
but um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't know how you describe yourself. Like I said, I started off as like, I, I started off a lot more insecure than I ended up. So I, I, I really felt a lot more comfortable in my skin my, uh, my senior year. And um, by that point, I felt like high school is great. And so, and I think you sort of remember the end better than more than the beginning. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I, I felt like by the end, you know, this was a, a really great experience. And I think most of the people in our class ended up feeling that way. Mm -hmm. And here's the other thing, even though we didn't have any much, much money, I had really supportive parents and I looked around and I did see a, lo a lot of other people around me who seemed to me had a lot more pressure on them to do really, really well academically. Now I did fine academically, I, you know, and I, um, but I never felt like, I never felt like pressure. Uh, mm -hmm. It was, I don't know. Cause I was like, I was one of the first people in my family to graduate from college. So it, it just, and so that part, that part was good. That's where I, I love was. that. One of the things that I think is pretty cool about the high school experience we had is that it was, it wasn't uncommon for someone to be a varsity athlete and have a role in the musical and, you know, be involved in the service club or whatever, you know, it was, you didn't have to pick one area and just focus on it. You could, you could meet people across all different activities at school. And I think that really, um, I, I love that it helped us have, I think, a cohesive class because people were involved in different sorts of things and got to know each other outside of the classroom. Um, All right. Well, let's so, do our flash round. I will. All right. Let's do it. Number one. Who was your high school crush? Okay. So I have listened to this. So I knew I had a feeling I knew you what questions you're going to ask me. But okay. So I dated Emily Blaywas, Danny Harger. I, I dated this girl named Tracy Boshoff, who. Um, was the head pastor's daughter at Hoffmantown Baptist Church. Okay. Um, remember that mega church? Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I dated the head pastor's daughter there. Oh, wow. That was must have been fun. Bringing <laughs> <laughs> uh, her home at the end of a night. It's a gift that your dad gave you 12 hours of James Dobson. The Kirky. Yeah, well, I tell you, well, yeah. Well, she was she, she turned out to be kind of wild, actually. But there, there's, there's a story, there right? That's what Mike's saying about um, daughters, but go ahead. Strangely, I also dated Kristen Heinrichs the summer before going to law school. So not when we were in high school. Oh, really? Although I did take her to a dance. Yeah, she was such a wonderful person. Mm -hmm. um, she was, yeah. So, but I think that, so other than the people I dated, the crush I had was Tammy Abuzman. Uh, um. And uh, I took her to the homecoming dance senior year, actually, but she was clearly still into Dave Dalton. <laughs> um, they were on a break, uh, and I actually asked Dave's permission before I asked her out, and he said it was okay, um, but it clearly was not okay. <laughs> and uh, I think they got to get they got together promptly 
got got back together promptly after the uh, after the dance. So I was like, I was like right in there during the break. But so at that point, I was like, yeah, okay, that's never worked. That's great. Okay, so we happen to have this is question number two. We happen to have in front of us the 1989 Charger yearbook. Oh yeah. Um, and so I'm looking at your senior page right now. And on that senior page, there are a number of quotations, but there's one that just says choice, the boys. That was a quote that you have on your, on your page. And I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about what that, what that meant to you then. And does it still mean the same thing to you now? I don't remember. I, I gotta be honest. I haven't looked at the yearbook in forever. <laughs> I don't even remember what that means. Um, I, 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 I remember this. I remember. I remember who the boys were. It, it it was it was a bunch of people that I knew through the Hoffman Town Church. Actually, it was a bunch of football players from different schools, and it was just like it was funny because I was kind of religious back then. I'm not anymore. I lost that studying theology at Georgetown. They turned me into an agnostic, um, um, which is funny in a Catholic school, but. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyway, the church, it was, it was like a cool place to go. And there was a lot of football players from all different high schools that went there. And those are the boys. And I know that that was just a common, we use that word choice all the time. Oh, that's choice. Like, that's cool. Ah, so not choice, but like, oh, choice. I think that like in um, Ferris Bueller, Ferris Bueller's day off when he says, that is so choice. Okay. Yeah. I wish it was progressive. Yeah. No, not so high Okay. <laughs> well, speaking of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, this brings us to the next question, okay. which is what 1980s thing, fad, it could be a trend, it could be a movie, what 1980s thing were you really into? Uh, so clothes from Burlington Coke Factory and TJ Maxx probably doesn't count, right? <laughs> what we oh my God. Um, I remember no, uh, Burlington Coke Factory. No, I don't think that counts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. I, I spent hours watching MTV, like pretending that yeah. I was like one of the singers on there, you know, you'd have you put your thumb up or get a spoon or something. Um, I was totally into MTV. Um, I totally liked to pretend I was Prince or Bono or Axl Rose or one. I loved MTV and I really wanted to be Martha Quinn. Oh, did I want to be Martha Quinn? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people that I was. <laughs> okay, so what car did you drive in high school and how did it meet its demise? So I drove one of, if not the largest passenger van Dodge ever made. It was Blood Red. I don't know if you remember that big, huge red van. Um, it was the called the Maxi Wagon. Like that's what it literally said maxi wagon on the side of it. Um, uh, David Eagleman and I used to car surf on top of it. Um, oh my gosh. While you were uh, moving? Yeah. Behind, back behind the academy. We got, we got the idea from Teen Wolf, remember? Oh my um, How could two such intelligent um, human beings do things that are so stupid? This is this yeah. is one of the things I love about doing these podcasts is all of, I just makes you realize even the most thoughtful, smart people are pretty dang crazy when they're teenagers. <laughs> oh, yeah. It had a huge engine. I remember racing Ty Young on the interstate. Oh, jeez. Uh, 
my van versus his Bronco, I think oh it was. Yeah, which was absolutely insane. We should not have um, anyway, at, uh, oh yeah, this was funny. I once went to pick up Danny Harger in that van. Like it was our first driving date, you know, she's a couple years younger than us. Mm -hmm. Which back to, at the time was a little scandalous for a junior dating a freshman, and um, it's like one of those first relationships where you spend hours talking to each other on the phone, like, mm -hmm. it's, and it's it, it's always like so amazing that somebody's talking. Anyway, I went to pick her up in the van. Her dad answered the phone or answered the door. He opens the door. He looks out. He sees this van, and he goes, "My daughter's not going out in that. Go get another nope. car." <laughs> Did you anyway. really? You had to go home and get another car? Yeah, and she looked like a she looked like a half an hour away, so like it was another hour until I was able to pick her up. Again. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's I went and got the little Nissan that my parents had. So. Love it. Um, it meant it's demise. I was trying to remember if this is true or not. Um, I mean, I know at least I know the major part of this is true, and I know both parts are true. I'm just trying to remember if it's connected. I think it is. Um, Eric Burton and I, the thing was running terribly. Eric Burton and I tried to rebuild the carburetor. We failed miserably. Um, and we actually towed that massive van behind one of our vehicles, like with a strap. And we took it to the, the dealer or the, not the dealer, the uh, mechanic that my dad always went to. And, um, even though it's a relatively easy thing to fix, um, when we got it there, the mechanic offered my dad like 500 bucks for the van and he took it. <laughs> so, so that was it. That was it. That was, That's awesome. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it was a joke. Question five. What song or band would be on the soundtrack of your high school experience? So, so I thought of a couple. So one is Africa by Toto and um, I love that song. <laughs> and it's not for the reasons you think. I mean, I really like the song, but when I got to college, that acapella group, um, we arranged it, and I sang that. I sang that song on our first on that first album as the last song in the album, and it ended up being like the theme song. So they sing it. They sing it at the end of the acapella festival every year. So that song, and uh, I got to, I, I've gotten to sing it since at one of the reunions. So that song was pretty cool. versions of that song too like weezer has a great yeah, version and of course straight no chaser acapella yeah, yeah, yeah. they do it in their christmas music i love it i think it's such a fun song <laughs> yeah, it's a great song 
Um, and then uh, uh, I was also thinking I still haven't found what I'm looking for by you too because because um, um, I, I don't think we ever have found what we're, we're looking for. I mean, I, I found my wife that she's the one I'm looking for. But I just mean, I think we're always looking for new things and, and that, and also several, <laughs> several people have told me, this sounds like your life, Alex. <laughs> um, you're, you're never satisfied. So that song uh, means a lot. Okay. What high school teacher had the greatest influence on you? Um, probably Kevin Carroll, but as a coach, not a teacher. Um, I'm, I kind of, I'm not like a, I'm not like a great natural athlete like Mark Thompson and Tom, Tommy, um, but I think he got the most out of me. Um, he inspired me to get in shape and, and uh, you know, he, he, I don't know, all the football players still have a soft spot for him because he brought us together and helped us mature, I think. Um, and then Frances Robertson, I think her name's come up before. Franny, um, I used to mow lawns for the teachers to make extra money. And uh, I remember Franny and I would talk for hours. Like I, I mm. she would invite me to her house and, you know, get me some iced tea and, and she'd sit down and we'd just talk about life and she would, she gave me a lot of great advice. So she was very kind. Oh, it's awesome. That is so cool. Yeah. What artifact from your high school years should you have put in a time capsule that really represented you in high school? Uh, I don't know, maybe a microphone. So I don't, I think I felt most comfortable uh, when I was standing in front of a microphone somewhere. So awesome. that, that was kind of a, you know, when I wasn't comfortable in my own skin, that was one place where I always was. Okay, question number eight. If you have any regrets, do you have any, any? Do you have a regret in high school? Something you wish you hadn't done, or that you had done? I mean, you know, I wish I'd, I wish I'd been a little nicer to myself sometimes. Like sometimes I was pretty hard on myself, and I think we could probably all say that, right? Um, I mean, there was also some times I think I played jokes on people or did things that or said things where I was trying to feel cool, but, you know, um, but in hindsight, they weren't so cool, like putting Icy Hot in Mark Bainiard's jockstrap, which everybody thought was hilarious. And, um, but obviously Mark was awfully pissed off. And uh, <laughs> in hindsight, you know, that probably be a fault. And I'd probably get kicked out of school for that these days. So yeah. I, think, I think we all did some dumb things like that, but. I, and I know there were times I said things where I was just trying to be funny that they, they weren't funny at all. Right. And, um, yeah. and, uh, and, and I regret those things, but I, but we were kids. So. Totally. All right. If you could go back in time and tell your high school self something about the I told myself to enjoy it. Life is hard, right? Um, so just enjoy it more. Life is harder, right? It's going to be harder later. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, play while you can. Although I hope we all get to keep a sense of play in our lives. I don't think it's ever too late. <laughs> I also agree with Peter Kelleher. I wish I had sex. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, that 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 audio uh, trip. <laughs> I love it. Yes. All right. Last question. Last question. Number ten. <laughs> what would be the title of your high school memoir? Yeah, I don't know. How about Growing Pains? Can I steal the mm. title of the uh, Kirk Cameron show? Yeah. <laughs> I loved that show. That's great. I love it. Well, so oh, it's been so fun. So been so nice to talk with you. Thank you so much, Al. Yeah, thanks so much for making time to do this with all of us. I, uh, you know, I, I, I just think it's, I, I can't wait to hear you guys every week. So. Oh, that's so nice. Jessica and Carla's High School Reunion is written, directed, and edited by Carla Silver and Jessica Slade. Our theme music, True Sight, is by Jared Matt Greenberg. Please subscribe and listen on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.